all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, my Princess Nemo Foo. That's my Princess Nemo Foo from Cali, Colombia. Welcome, welcoming everyone in English and Spanish. Welcome to the show. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Some might be wondering why I start off my program that way. The way, not the introduction, but the little baby. It's just something that touches me when I hear a child's genuine laughter. It's something that touches me when I hear the general, the uh, genuine, excuse me, joy of a child, especially an infant baby. It's something about it. Powerful, beautiful, and it's real. When they're that young, They don't know about fake laughing. They don't know nothing about being phony. They haven't grew into that yet. They was born in sin, yes. That's why they act up the way they don't want their way. But I'm not talking about that. So when a child laughs, it's laughing. This laughter is real. It's real joy. It's nothing phony. It's genuine joy and laughter. They are touched. That's a beautiful thing. That's why I play it like that, just to hear the laughter of a beautiful child. Heaven. What do you think about heaven? What is heaven to you? Now, who I'm, I'm talking to you, whoever's listening to this podcast no matter who you are, whoever is listening to this podcast, when I say heaven, what do you see visually? Because the majority of the time when people hear heaven, a visual picture come in your head, a visual picture of heaven. Heaven. You struggle in life at times. You question life. You question even the existence of heaven. Some people do. Maybe most. Heaven is looked at different ways in the world. Even with believers, Christians. Heaven is looked upon in different ways. A lot of people, when they hear heaven, they think about where God is. Uh, most of the people, heaven, God. 
heaven, God. Sounds it's a generic way of just heaven, God, heaven, God. Uh they don't a lot of people don't understand the concept, especially when it comes to the Bible concept of heaven. That's why when you read the Bible and the Bible mentions heavens or whatever like that, remember, there's three heavens. The Bible can be talking about the earthly heavens, the sky where the birds fly and the blue skies and stuff like that. That's the atmosphere, which is called heaven. Then you have the second heavens, which is the outer space, the stars, the moon, the cosmos, the different things like that. That's the second heaven. And then, you know, you got the heaven of heavens, the far north, the untouchable heavens. The only way to get to that heaven is by through salvation. See, and they are so far apart, all three of these heavens, especially the third heaven, where God dwells. Now, I'm using God in that way because a lot of people just look at God. They don't understand God, but they think of heaven, they think of God. Not so much the atmosphere here on Earth and not so much outer space, the stars, moons, cosmos, cosmos, excuse me, et cetera, like that. Those heavens, you know, they don't look at it that way. But the Bible talks about all three of those heavens, especially when it comes to the earth and uh, uh, the atmosphere. It doesn't put a lot of emphasis on the name heaven, but when you read the Bible, you know what's going on there. Okay. Then the Bible talks about heaven in the sense of the kingdom of heaven. That's going to come on earth where Jesus is going to be king and he's going to rule for a thousand years on earth. You hear about that, the kingdom of heaven. Then you got the believers, the Christians and the churchgoers. When they think of heaven, they think of the pearly gates. They think of the streets of transparent gold. They think of angels. They think of this or whatever like that. And they think of certain looks and structure of heavenly places of heaven. When they hear heaven, that look comes. If you are a believer that reads the Bible, Christian and non-Christian, but mainly the believer sees that look of heaven. And what do they get their look from? They get that look mainly explained to them out of the Bible, basically revelation. They don't know it's other uh, architectural explanations of the way the kingdom of heaven look in other Bibles in the Old Testament. Most believers, I can say most, but a lot of believers don't know that. That's more, dis- dis- uh, give you more, di- a more of a description of the kingdom of heaven than the book of Revelation. Yes, it is. In books of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, they give descriptions of the kingdom, Israel's kingdom on earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth, heaven coming down on earth. Jesus will, will reign after the seven-year tribulation for 1,000 years, okay, on earth. When you hear about the child land with the lamb, when you hear things like that, there would be no more, uh, what they call them, uh, uh, when an animal 
just a meat-eating animal they call them Carvesian animals or something like that. It starts with a C. Look that up. I'm sorry. But anyway, it's when an animal eats meat. See, those back in the Millennium Kingdom and heaven on earth, they're not going to eat meat anymore. You know, they're going to go back mostly to vegetarians like animals was, you know, was at first. They didn't eat meat until after until sin, sin came into the world. That's when they started eating meat and flesh. But before that, it was mostly everybody, even humans, was like vegetarians. It wasn't no meat eating. Did you know that? Yes, that's true. That's in the Bible. Okay. So that's how the kingdom of heaven is going to be. That's not, uh, it's going to go back to like in the days of Noah when people lived a long time. Methuselah was the oldest person in the Bible. I think he lived a 969 years old. Methuselah was the oldest man ever lived. Then you have uh, three others after that. I think it's another one called Terra, and then it's another one. And then Adam. Adam lived about, what, 900 or something years as well. So that going that 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 lifespan is going to come back on the millennium kingdom on earth. That's why the Bible also talks about when a baby, a baby at a hundred years old in the millennial kingdom, listen closely, a hundred years old in the millennium kingdom reign, millennium kingdom reign will still be like a child at a hundred years old. Because of the life expectancy, the life is going to be like it was in the days of Noah. Did you know that? Well, you know it now. That's in the Bible. Okay? No vicious animals. A baby will be able to play with a serpent, a snake. Because all the animals will be like they used to be. Remember, sin is going to be dealt with. So that's what makes things vicious. That's why you have bad weather cycles with tornadoes, hurricanes, and storms and stuff like that. That's why you have animals out of control, poisonous, venomous, out of because of sin. Before that, there was none of that. So the, the, the kid will be able to lie with the lamb and the lion and because they will not be Sin makes them vicious and out of control. Without when when sin get dealt with, they would not be. They'd be like little babies and little kids. No evil, all good. You understand no sin. Now that's not what I want to talk about. But that's not even the heaven where God is at. See, that's the kingdom of heaven on earth. So when you when you when I say heaven, that picture of revelation comes to your mind. That's not describing the heavens what God is saying. Now they might that might be a replica or something like that because you know, but that's not describing the third heaven where our Father, if you are a believer, dwells at. That's talking about the kingdom on earth. Okay? Where Israel's and the Israel and the Gentile kings is going to be at. See? It's not a lot of description about heaven the third heaven, what the body of Christ is going to be, or the heavenly places. It's not really explained. Many believe the heavenly places is what Satan dwell at now. You know, and we are going to be replacing that. I kind of believe that myself. You know, many people just don't know when the Bible talks about heavenly places for the believers, for the body of Christ. You know, and it doesn't describe, I believe the heavenly places is where God is. 
I, I, I doubt that because that's where the fallen angels came from and everything before they got kicked out in the second heavens. They were in the third heavens and they got kicked out of the third heaven where God dwells into the atmosphere, out of space. That's where they dwell and call shots now. Satan and all them call the shots now in the second heavens. That's where the enemy Satan dwells now. He's going to be kicked on, kicked out of the second heavens into the earth <clears throat> during the tribulation, the middle of the tribulation period which is the three and a half years. The three and a half year of the tribulation, I believe Satan will be kicked out of the second heavens where he's the prince of the power of the air. He's, a, he's the God over those second heavens and the earthly earthly heavens. So he's the God of this world, which was gave to him when he stole it from Adam in the beginning of time. Did you know that? Well, you know that now. Okay, so that's what Satan dwells at in the second He's in the heavenly places. Now, where's the heavenly place? I don't know. I can't. The Bible doesn't really explain that, but that's where Satan is at now. He's going to kick, get kicked out of there with the fallen angels, and the body of Christ is going to dwell and have positions and jobs and stuff and going to take over what they messed up at in the heavenly places. That's what many grace believers teach, you know, but the Bible's not specific on that. So I can't say too much on that. I can just say, yes, I will go to heaven and be in the heavenly places. I believe it. But that's as far as I go. Okay. Now, what I, what, this is where I'm going with this. The depiction of heaven is looked at so many ways. And I'm just talking about believers, church believers that go to the church. They, they, they hear the stories of heaven. And the most of the... And the the majority of the time when they teach about the looks and the beauty of heaven, you always hear those sermons on the pearly gates, the streets of gold. But that's the heaven on earth. That's the millennial kingdom. Well, Jesus is, is heaven, but it's heaven on earth. But you got a heaven in the heavenly places as well. Revelation is not talking about the heaven in the heavenly places. He's talking about the heaven on earth. You understand what I'm saying? So there's many aspects of heaven. When you read the Bible, you have to put it in context. Okay, what heavens are they talking about? Because oh, because they mentioned pearly gates, it does not mean that's the heavenly places they're talking about where God dwells in. God dwells in the whole kingdom of God. He's king over the heavenly of the heavenlies, and he's king over the heaven on earth. That's the kingdom of God. You understand that? That's the kingdom of God, okay? Now, let me go back. Let me digress. When you think of heaven, what comes to your mind? And I believe a lot of people, you know, since I said that, you know, that comes to your mind, the architectural looks of heaven. If, you, if you're just a skeptic or you're just a... Uh, somebody searching through here, you might have a, you might say, I don't believe in heaven. Well, whether you believe in heaven or not, that's heaven. You living in heaven on the earth. <laughs> whether you believe it or not. If you believe in space, where the stars and moon cosmos, that's heaven. Okay, so what they're saying, they don't believe in the heaven where God dwells. You could believe in outer space because that's somewhat proved to you. You someone see it. You never been there. They went to the moon and told you what was up there. They they shot pictures and stuff like that. You by faith believe in that is there, right? You have no proof that the stars and um and, and I mean and stuff like that. Now you can look at the moon, you see it. Have you ever touched it? 
Have you ever felt it? Have you ever walked on it? Now, people might get mad that I said that. I still believe today man never walked on the moon. I believe that was, that was I, I have a story on that. I have a, I, I have a podcast on that, but I'm not going to get into that. I don't believe nobody ever touched and walked on the moon. I, I really don't. It has been somewhat proven that it's been, it's fake, but I'm not going to get into that. But do you have any proof that there's a moon up there by looking at it? Do you have any proof that there's a sun? You say, yeah, I get hot or whatever like that. You never been there, but you just was told that this was the sun and you was taught in school or by scientists why the heat does a certain thing. That's your faith in that sun. You believe that because tangibly you feel the heat and et cetera, like that rain and stuff like that. You know, you, you told you was told that. But when it comes in the second heavens and the atmosphere, the cosmos, Saturn, and everything like that. You believe that also by faith. You believe that Saturn and everything like that. So even atheists believe in that. They believe in something. They believe in the skies and the clouds. They believe in that. By what? Faith. They see it. See, they see it, so they believe it. But when it comes what God dwells at, they don't believe that. They don't believe there's some creator up there that's in control and is the creator of everything, even the second heaven and even the third heavens. They do not believe that. You got some people believe in flying saucers. They believe in uh, uh, aliens and stuff like that, but they don't believe in angels. And they don't believe in demons, but they believe in uh, uh, aliens. They believe in flying saucers. So, you know, people look at heaven in all type of ways. You know, they can believe in a lot of things without touching and without having proof or even when they see it and stuff like that. But they don't. They have they they refuse to believe that there is a creator that's in the heavenly places, because when they hear heaven, majority of the people think of God in heaven or this so-called God and they go up. What makes them think God is up? Now, I'm just asking the question. People been taught God is up there. Whether they believe in God or not, they always say up there. They point up. They have some type of idea that God is up there in the atmosphere somewhere. They just don't know where. We don't know where. We just believe it as believers. That's part of the body of Christ. So the question is, what do you think about when you when I, when you think about heaven or somebody mentions heaven to you or somebody might ask you, what is heaven? They got to be specific with me because I have an idea what they mean. What is heaven? And I can explain that's where, you know, God dwells because I believe that's what they ask. What is heaven to you? But to be on a uh, to be on a uh, the fair and even keel side, I will have to explain the different heavens. See to them, and they will relate more to the heaven here on earth. Some of them already know that, know about that the heaven here on earth, the heavenly atmosphere, you know, the sky, you know, and stuff like that, the blue sky or whatever, where the rain come down, et cetera, stuff like that. They they would go with that. They would go with the outer space, the atmosphere, the cosmos, and stuff like that, the second heaven. They just have issues with another heaven where God do 
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. Well, their problem is with God, the creator that made it. They, they, a lot of people, especially atheists, won't go there. They just, their faith will not go that far. They will not allow their belief to go that far. You, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it takes more faith just to believe in creatures from outer space than it does angels. Well, anyway... That can go many ways, but heaven, knocking on heaven's door. When people hear a song like that, which is a very beautiful song, and it has a good, strong message to it as well, a good, strong message to it. I'm just knocking on heaven's door. When Bob Dylan Song that's, I don't know if he wrote it or whatever, but when Bob Dylan and others, I'm just using him as an example, when he, when he sings that song or when he sung this song, what is he thinking about? What is his look on heaven? When he says, knocking on the heaven's door, what heaven is he talking about? Does Bob Dylan believe in God? I don't know. Is Bob Dylan a Christian? I don't know. Is Bob Dylan an atheist? I don't know. Is he agnostic in between? I don't know. But what is on Bob Dylan's mind when he sings knocking on the heaven's door? If a lot of people understand what song, you know, know what the song I'm talking about. Okay. Many people have played and sung that song because it's a beautiful song and it got a strong message. You know, this guy's speaking, wearing a badge. He wants he ready to put his guns down and everything like that. He feel like this, whatever, like that. He's having an experience. It's almost like he want to change. He's ready to get it together. It's a message has a little bit to do with that, you know. And it's, it's very uh, uh, important that we listen to messages and some when it's dealing with heaven or angels or anything like that. Listen to the message, usually because have they sing a song, even believers, have they sing a song, or sing a song, or the lyrics of a song, lyrics of a song will tell you the way they look at something or the way they see heaven or the way heaven was taught to them just by listening to their lyrics. It doesn't mean it's necessarily out of the world of God, and a lot of them are not, but that's how they see heaven when it comes to so-called Christian and gospel music in general, if they're thinking about heaven. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? 
If you listen to lyrics of a song, especially knocking on the heaven's door or a lot of songs that's talking about heaven, it's their perception or the way they was taught or what they think heaven is. They put it in the lyrics, beautiful lyrics. It might not be biblical, but it's, it's the way they see heaven. It might not be the Bible way. And then you got to say, okay, what heaven is they singing about? The majority of the uh, singers, when it comes to Christian music, they're singing about the pearly gates. They're talking about the angels. Many of them believe angels, all angels have wings. No, no, no angels have wings, period. And, uh, the Bible angels does not have wings. Say, so what, Joe? If you read your Bible, the angels of the Bible is not described as having wings, the angels of the Bible. There's no little chubby babies fall, flying, floating around with halos over them with little baby wings. The Bible does not say nothing about babies having wings or there's little chubby babies flying around. The Bible does not even mention women angels. All angels are men. This is the Bible. You might not like that. You know, if you kind of in that woke stuff, too bad. This is just a straight out truth here. There's no little baby angels. There's no angels with wings. And all the angels are men. Those are the Bible angels. So you might hear a song or you might see movies where they have women angels and they have little kid angels and the dark angels. All those are made up angels or a fairy tale of angels or some type of way that certain churches or their belief in angels. You hear stories of people dying and what they're having, little kids dying and what they're having, and what they seen in heaven. You know, if you are a Bible believer, you understand the Bible, you know, now they have, they have been deceived. I don't doubt what they seen. And I don't doubt where they went, but it wasn't heaven. Because it's very opposite of what heaven is described as the kingdom and the Bible. That's how you know something is not right. Okay. Those for you that don't know that, and you're not going to know if you don't read the Bible, when the Bible talks about angels. The only thing, the only creature, celestial creature, because you have celestial, you have terrestrial. We are the terrestrial. We are the humans, but I'm talking about the celestial. Those are the creatures of the heavenly. So only creatures mentioned with wings in the Bible are the seraphims. Remember, you have seraphims. That's not an angel. You have cherubims. That's not an angel. Okay? And you have angels. The only creature in the Bible mentioned that has angels is the seraphims. The seraphims have six wings. They cover, two of the wings cover their face. Two of the wings cover down at the bottom of their legs, I believe. And the other two wings is used to fly. Those are only creatures, not angels, because they're not angels. They are creatures, created beings. They're not angels. Angels is angels. Seraphims are seraphims. Cherubims are cherubims. So they was the only one mentioned in the Bible of having some sort type, sort of type of wings. They know how to say in position as angels as well. Okay. Then you have the cherubims. The cherubims does not have wings. Okay. You have the cherubims. Okay. The Bible says Satan was like a cherubim. Satan was a cherubim. Satan did not have wings. Okay. So that's what I mean when a person sings. What are they thinking about when they sing knocking on the heavens door? What picture come to your mind, et cetera, stuff like that, you know? You understand what I'm saying? What comes to your mind 
when somebody asks you about what is heaven. Or somebody say, heaven, what comes to your mind? Just like I asked the question, Jesus, what comes to your mind? What picture comes to your mind? I believe when Jesus is mentioned to a lot of people, a picture of Jesus come of him having long hair with a beard to the Caucasian white to a lot of blacks, believe it or not. They changed over now. They looked at Jesus as white color, long hair and beard. A lot of them look at him as being black now and different things like that, you know. How the Asians look at him, how other countries look, I don't know, but I'm just talking about here in America because a lot of things are black and white here. So it depends on your perception when heaven comes or, or different things like that. Man, somebody used to mention Moses to me, and who come to my mind if I was Lux Charlton Heston? Because <laughs> I grew up looking at the Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston came to my mind how Moses looked. And the Bible didn't describe how Moses looked. You have some historians that kind of described him. That's how they got that type of look at the Ten Commandments, Josephus and all of them. But the Bible doesn't describe looks too much. It don't put emphasis in look. Now, it put emphasis on handsome and ruddy looking and stuff like that, but not you know, picturistic how they look, you know, broke down or nothing like that. When you think of Samson, what do you think about? Somebody big with muscles. But the Bible didn't mention him having big and a lot of muscles or nothing like that or his figure too much that I know of. The Bible does not mention it. It just says Samson was strong and his strength was in his hair. That's why he couldn't cut his hair. But you have movies, they make them kind of big and strong looking. But the Bible never said he was muscular, you know, like like a bodybuilder. The Bible never said that, just said he was strong. God can use you without looking. God, your physical strength does not, not prove your strength all the time. Because you got some very small people that's very strong, stronger than me, and they're small. You know, so it's not the emphasis on your size. And also remember, remember, Samson's strength was supernatural by God. If it's supernatural by God, God don't need to use Samson for his muscles because it'd be Samson's doing then. It'd be Samson doing everything if it was based on Samson's size and muscle. What made him makes him more miraculous is because God could use a person without a lot of muscle, a lot of weight. And Samson probably looked all wimpy or weak looking. I don't know. And he could have been big. I don't know. But God did not use Samson because he was big and strong. He used Samson miraculously. That's even more miraculously using a person that don't have no muscles and not physically built. You understand what I'm saying? Think about those things. I guess I think about those things. And I compare it to the Bible. And that's how I'm able to differentiate, okay, the Bible did say that the Bible didn't get into that. You know, that's a lot of traditional man-made. Man reads a lot of things into the Bible. You start icing Jesus and then you start reading things into the Bible, something that the Bible did not say. So heaven is one of them. That's what I want to talk about today. Just a thought on my head. Just just a thought for today that I want you all to think about. Okay? Just a thought for today. All right? Heaven. What do you think about when you see heaven? And what that term knocking on heaven's door, when these different people sung these songs, and it's been played by different artists, what is their perception of heaven? What are they thinking about? Oh, it's just a beautiful song, which it is. If you understand the concept or what heaven is, 
looking at a, a rightly divided dispensational Bible perspective, you are saying that song just say, yeah, you you won't look at the, the so much of the uh, the architectural look of heaven. At least I won't no more. I know I'm going into heavenly places. I know I'm set for the heavenly places, but I don't have to put I don't have to put a look in it. But I know it's beautiful. I know it's awesome. And it could be like the kingdom of heaven. I don't know, but I know it's something I can't comprehend. Well, Paul was talking up to the third heaven. The Bible says specifically Paul was talking to the third heaven. It was words that he could not even express that what was going on in the heavenly places. So I know it's something also and miraculous and that we cannot comprehend. I know that. Okay. Heaven. What heaven are you thinking about when you say I'm knocking on heaven's door? The majority of people talking about where God dwells. The majority of believers talking about where God dwells. Okay. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee with a thought for the day of body of Christ. Real talk. Love y'all. I'm going to leave you with this. Bye-bye. Peace out. Love you all.
place. There is a place. That you don't even have to knock on heaven's door. Nothing signifies you're trying to get in. you asking God to let me in. But the heavenly places that you can be if you're not saved, you don't have to knock. You just have to believe. You don't have to knock on the door. You just have to believe. Because Jesus made the atonement for you already, your sins and all. You just need to be saved now. As a moment that you believe generally in your heart that he died for your sins, he died for you, and you believe it and receive it, you will be saved and you will have an instant home in heaven. You don't have to knock. There's no knocking for salvation. That's just believing. The requirement is believing your way to heaven. Believing what Jesus did for you. His death, burial, resurrection, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Contrary to popular Christian and Christendom belief, you don't have to knock. Heaven's doors are open for you freely. No knocking. You just believe. You just believe what his son done for you on the cross. God bless you. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Until next time, I love you. I love you. I love you. Remember, believe. You don't have to knock. Just believe. Bye-bye. Peace out. know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.